DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time to talk Utah football with the Youth Center. Nick Ford, he's on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Nick, good morning. Good morning. I want to give a quick shout-out to my man, Dan, Len- uh, Dan Leonard. He's a, ga- a grass keeper and does an awesome job. Been uh, knacking at me a little bit, so I'm going to get him a good shout-out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Celebrity mentions for Nick at the start of every interview. I'm ready. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I listened to Ute fans argue about this is the best Utah win since, and then, and then they all had their opinion different games. Uh you have been putting on the uniform for four seasons now. What's your opinion? Where does this win stack with other wins? How satisfying was this victory versus a lot of the other wins you've been through? Oh, I mean, it's real real satisfying. I mean, this is going to be definitely a win that stands out to me. Um, you know, I can't put my finger on, you know, a specific win just because there's been a lot of emotional wins. I mean, like off the top of my head, I can think of UW a couple of years ago when we had that close game and scored at the end, um, you know, pulled away. Um, but, I mean, it was an awesome game. It was awesome for me. I had a ton of people there, and uh, some of those people who were there, like, supporting me, they're also USC fans, and they wound up leaving a little bit through the game, too, so I get to laugh at them. <laughs> you look at that game, SC had some success early, but then your offense, when it got going, really turned it on to a degree, were you surprised that it was that easy and that lopsided? Uh, yes and no. I want to say it was necessarily easy. We had to put our head down and keep uh, grinding, and that was the outcome that happened. And, uh, yes, I was surprised because, like, you know, well, I don't even think I was surprised, to be honest. I think it was more um, more of a, like, happy surprise, like, knowing that, our offense was clicking because this is what we're like capable of. So that's where the no comes in where, you know, that's what this offense is capable of. And, you know, whatever it is that uh, got everyone to play the way that we needed to play, we need to continue to play that way because that's, that's what everyone's been talking about. That's what we've been talking about. That's the offense that this team is capable of. So what is it like in the huddle when the play comes in and even if it's by mistake, which apparently it was, Cam Rising calls for a flea flicker. Are you, as a lineman, do you think, sweet, we are going for it? Way to think oh, big. Oh, yeah. No, we, so we go up like the first time and they call a timeout. And I look straight at Cam. I was like, yo, it's one high. Like, cause I'm, I'm big on like understanding the whole concept of defense, like cover two, cover one, all that stuff. And, I saw the one high look, which means there's one there's one high safety. They're putting everyone else in a box. So I'm sitting there like, yo, Cam, that would have – he's like, he just started laughing. That's all Cam does. All he does is laugh. So I looked at him. I just started laughing. I'm like, dang, we would have got him. So we call it the same play, and I'm like, ain't no way they're going to line up the same way. They line up to the same way, and I'm like, uh-oh. And I go down. I just start laughing. And D-Lyman was what you laughing at? I was like, oh, we got you. He's like, what? And we go, so I go, boom, hit the play. It goes over the top. I just started laughing. I was like, oh. <laughs> Obviously, there's a difference in this offense between earlier in the season and now. How much do we attribute it to Cam Rising being in there? 
Oh, uh, definitely a good bit. You know, he has a good poise and a huddle, which helps. And, uh, you know, good, uh, just good vibes, good determination. Charlie did a hell of a job, and I still, you know, love that man. Um, but, you know, Cam stepped in, and he's performing the way that we knew he could perform. And, um, you know, he's just going ahead and leading the offense the way he should. Um, you know, talking to the running backs, uh, quarterback, uh, running backs, receivers, tight ends, and the line and everything, and it makes it, you know, easier because now I could, you know, we got another quarterback in there, another strong voice, and uh, kind of calms my offensive line down. So that way it's a little bit easier for me to go ahead and, you know, tell them to do what they need to do. And it's like, you know, when you have somebody back there who can calm down the skills and then you have me up front who can calm down the offensive line, it uh, definitely helps out a lot. You guys didn't get any running backs blown up in the backfield at start of plays. There were holes. Guys were getting downfield. You guys were averaging on those four straight touchdowns you scored, two before the half and then the first two possessions after the half. You averaged 10 to 15 yards per play on every drive, and their guys were not in the backfield run or pass. What changed? Why was everything? Because rock solid. You would have never guessed some of the issues you were having in September watching the game at the Coliseum. Um, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I know one thing is that they started uh, playing their safeties in the box a lot, and uh, we started counting them in the box. Um, sometimes, you know, we take the risk of that. Um, and I think uh, a big part of it is Cam as well. You know, understanding the concept of the play, understanding it. You know, if we run the ball, um, he has to look at the box and see if you know it's a good look for, you know, the run or you see if it's a good look for the pass. He has a run-pass option back there. And um, and basically that's where it gets into, like, the style of offense where we want to bash you with the run, so you try to back up out the box. I mean, stack the box, and then you stack the box. Uh, we got a lot of receiver threats. That's not – so it's not a very good idea to do that. And if you start, you know, softening up on the box and trying to cover those receivers go back downhill – I mean, we just got into a good rhythm of going back and forth between the run and the pass. How good is it to hear that Utah, once it's in the Pac-12, has never won in the Coliseum? Because now you can never say that again. Uh, it's been pretty cool. I mean, the last time was 1916, and I went there, I think this is my second second or third time. And, um, you know, lost the previous ones, and um, especially that being my home. And uh, knowing a lot of players on the other team as well, um, growing up in an SC town, you know, it's just like like I said, it's good. Like you feeling that way? I mean, you emptied out the Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Tavian Thomas has had his ups and downs this year. Clearly, that was the best case scenario. That's what you coaches and all his teammates have been hoping for. What can you tell us about him? He seems he's, you know, he's relatively new, so fans don't know much about him. What can you tell us about him? Because people were definitely impressed with the way he ran the ball. Uh, he's a good guy. Love that dude. You know, he's a brother to me. He grew on the program very early. Um, he came in a little quiet, um, but then he realized, you know, we're all brothers. You know, we all like to have fun and stuff, hang out. And uh, he really started appreciating that and appreciating us and, you know, opened up more. And he's a, he's a clown for sure, like, he is a clown. He's funny. Um, he's a good guy, a good man. Um, I'd say, but he, he's, a, he's a really good athlete. He goes out there, you know, he works at practice. 
you know, whatever it takes to get the job done, he's going to go out and try to do it at his full. Um, and that's that's just the type of guy he is, even if he doesn't know what he's doing or he's going to struggle doing it. You know, for a fact, it's going to be 100% in what he does. And I think that's why he's improving so much is that he goes out there with that same mindset. From Utah's perspective, is it too early to say the winner of this game against ASU is the front runner to win the South? Uh, that's what it's uh, looking like. And I mean, uh, us and ASU are tied for uh, first in the South right now. And, uh, you know, I never try to predict the game or say, what about this? What about that? Um, they're a good program. And, uh, you know, if we uh, come playing the way that we are capable of playing, uh, I, like I said, early in the year, I have no doubt that we could beat everyone. Um, but that's, you know, that's the big uh, thing. We got to come out and continue to play that the way we did. And that's what uh, Coach Witt addressed that, um, you know, whatever that was, that why we played that way, that's what we got to find out is that why and do it again. And um, so, you know, I'm going to give uh, all respect to ASU and, you know, we'll see the results after that. Have you watched much of them through the first half of the season here as they've built this five and one record, or have the games not the game times not worked playing the same time that kind of stuff? Uh, watched them in the bye. Um, besides that, uh, no. Uh, like I like to focus on you know my task at hand, um, watching film. So uh, I've uh, in the past two days, yes, I've watched a lot. Um, you know, I've watched a couple of their games. Like I said, they're a good program. They beat, you know, some good teams and they play a solid, you know, just a solid game all around, whether it's, um, you know, playing against Stanford or uh, UCLA. Like, they're, uh, they're a good program. And, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to watch film and uh, pick up on things that I need to pick up on. And same thing with everyone here, and we'll get it going. As I understand it, the funeral is today. So, what's the team's schedule? Uh, just ate breakfast, and then we're gonna board a bus, go down uh, to the airport, fly down there, do the services, fly back, uh, dinner, and then uh, practice tomorrow. And we switched our uh, our Monday. That's what uh, what we usually do on Mondays: uh, lift, run, and practice. We actually did yesterday. Switch your Sundays and Mondays, yeah. yeah. Um, so Kyle said after the game, uh, he was asked, "Was the uh, <clears throat> was the team emotionally, you know, ready to play? When did he know that happened?" And he said that he thought that the, he thought the team was going to be ready to play, but they far outperformed his expectations in that area. And he also mentioned uh, Aaron Lowe's mom speaking to the team, and he thought that was a a big piece of the puzzle as far as guys getting back into football mode. Not to go far, you know, too far into something that needs to stay inside the team, but can you just expand on that if possible, what, what she said to you and how it impacted the team? I mean, yes, I mean, that's pretty much what she said and, you know, what Coach, Coach Wood said and all the leadership agreed on is that, you know, um, Alo, I'm not I'm going to stop right there. I mean, um, his mom is one of the strongest women I ever met in my life and, uh, you could see that when she came to talk to us. And uh, that really inspired a lot of boys, I think, uh, seeing how strong she is. And, um, she, you know, she said, that's exactly what she said, what Coach Wade said. 
and it, it was a realization uh, upon her saying it, Coach Wood saying it, and you know, ultimately the leadership in the team saying the same thing that look, we have a long season ahead of us um, that goes by fast, and you know, we have to take advantage of what we got. And Alo would have won anything different, and um, you know, that's that's what we decided as leadership and as a team that. You know, we're going to go out and do exactly what Ayla would have done. And even though days get hard, go ahead and smile through it. Well, congratulations on the win at USC. We're all looking forward to that Arizona State game. And we will talk to you again next week after that game with the Sun Devils. Nick, thanks for coming on this morning. Thank you. You guys have a safe day. All right, you too. Nick Ford, center for the Utes. He looked at the defensive lineman and laughed. We got you. It's got to be an inerting oh, yeah. field to have an offensive lineman I, across from you laughing at you. <laughs> like, what I think funny? everybody's got to see. They've rolled over and played dead. You know, I thought the two touchdowns uh, at the end of the half came against USC defense still playing. I don't know what happened at halftime, but... Whatever mojo USC had was gone in the third quarter. At that point, it just looked like uh, the Utes were driving against air. You know, some some practice deal they might let us watch in the spring. You know, eleven offensive guys out there just running around. They yeah, just blew through they, them in the third quarter. SC was done. The, the Trojans are their history. Maybe if Jackson Dart gets in there, that can provide them with some energy down the line. So it'll be a new young guy and. Uh, you know, maybe he can have a little bit of a small effect the way Rising did on the Utah's offense. I'm not sure about that. That doesn't explain the defense. But it seems like they've quit, and this is this is the ultimate disarray. I'm, I'm not sure. I blame it on the, man, the uh, administration. I don't understand what the point was in firing Clay Helton a couple of games in the season. If you were going to do it, you should have done it uh, because you basically you wrecked any chance you had for a successful season. And now, as far as the Pac-12 South goes, it's a three-team race. SC's two and three, way up the track now. UCLA's got one loss, sitting behind the Devils and the Utes. I guess we're going to be locking it down on ESPN next weekend, PK. one thirty for BYU and Baylor, 8 o'clock for Utah and ASU. Both games on ESPN, on the Mothership. The who? The Mothership. What ESPN what employees? Mean? That's what ESPN employees call ESPN. Oh, well, good for them. I'm not an ESPN employee. Uh, yeah, whatever. I don't care what station the game's on. Uh, yeah, I would be either way. But uh, this is a big game. Obviously, I don't think it puts. I don't think it puts either team in the driver's seat because they still have games. This is still the conference of. Guess what's going to happen this week? I guess you could say they're in the driver's seat, but that, that I do it in a flimsy manner because there's still plenty of games to win, and in this conference, there's plenty of games to lose. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Yeah, for the Utes, they will just be three games down, six to go. It'll be the fourth one for Arizona State. They haven't had their bye yet, but a lot of work to be done. Yeah. And you still got uh, UCLA looming over there. You have to say, I think the Devils would feel awesome if they win. It's one more game, and they've beaten sure. the two main contenders in the South. So, But uh, you're yeah, right, there's, can, still five, there's still five games left, and if they go 3-2, and two, yeah. then they'd be opening the door for one of those other teams to, uh, yeah, to walk through. Yeah, and that's through. conceivable. Because this conference, like I've, I've told you, that it matters when you play teams. Uh, watching uh, the McKee kid from Stanford, uh, the Utes get him... Uh, in just under a month, uh, 
stands to reason he's going to be a lot better just under a month. And I thought he looked really good for a kid making his third or fourth start and just a freshman. Uh, and uh, so they're going to get him later in the season. Speaking to Utah, I think it's November 5th on the Friday night. He's, he's going to be better. If I'm playing this kid, I'd much rather play him earlier when he's just barely getting started because he's got a lot of potential. They've had some really good quarterbacks in that program over the years, and he looks like he has the capability of being one of the better ones. So you don't know how that's going to turn out. Uh, Oregon, you, you know, just so many games that you're just not sure what's going to happen. You, obviously, this is a big game. I'm not downplaying the importance of the game, but at the same time, I don't think it sews up anything. It's just my point is it's too early and some funky things can still happen. But certainly, certainly you'll want to get it. There's no question about that. It is a big game, absolutely. And to go 3-0 and in the conference, to me, that just basically wipes out what you did in the non-conference. And at that point, nobody cares. At least I wouldn't if you're 3-0. and DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We've talked to Samson Nakua. From the Y, and Nick Ford from the U, and Aggie head coach Blake Anderson coming off a of bye week is going to join us at 9.30. DJ and PK at 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone.